and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. I am your host, Jason, and on today's episode, I will be going over The Grimm's Fairy Tale number 53, as well as looking at Walt Disney's 1937 film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Little Snow White by Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm Once upon a time in midwinter, when the snowflakes were falling like feathers from heaven, a queen sat sewing at her window, which had a frame of black ebony wood. As she sewed, she looked upon the snow and pricked her finger with her needle. Three drops of blood fell into the snow. The red on the white looked so beautiful that she thought to herself, If only I had a child as white as snow, as red as blood, and as black as the wood in this frame. Soon after, she had a little daughter, who was as white as snow, as red as blood, and as black as ebony wood, and therefore they called her Little Snow White. And as soon as the child was born, the queen died. A year later, the king took himself another wife. She was a beautiful woman, but she was proud and arrogant, and she could not stand it if anyone might surpass her in beauty. She had a magic mirror. Every morning, she stood before it, looked at herself, and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? To this, the mirror answered, You, my queen, are fairest of all. And then she was satisfied, for she knew the mirror spoke the truth. Snow White grew up and became even more beautiful. When she was seven years old, she was as beautiful as the light of day, even more beautiful than the queen herself. One day, the queen asked the mirror, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? It answered, You, my queen, are fair, it is true, but Snow White is a thousand times fairer than you. The queen took fright and turned yellow and green with envy. From that hour on, whenever she looked at Snow White, her heart turned over inside her body. So great was her hatred for the girl. The envy and the pride grew even greater, like a little weed in her heart, until she had no peace day and night. Then she summoned a huntsman and said to him, Take Snow White into the woods. I never want to see her again. Kill her, and as proof that she is dead, bring her lungs and liver back to me. The huntsman obeyed and took Snow White into the woods. He took out his hunting knife and was about to stab it into her innocent heart. And she began to cry, saying, Oh, dear huntsman, let me live. I will run into the wild woods and never come back. Because she was so beautiful, the huntsman took pity on her and said, Run away, you poor child. He thought, The wild animals will soon devour you anyway. But still, it was as if stone had fallen from his heart, for he would not have to kill her. Just then, a young boar came running by. He killed it, cut out its lungs and liver, and took them back to the queen as proof of Snow White's death. The cook had to boil it with salt, and the wicked woman ate them, supposing she had eaten Snow White's lungs and liver. 
The poor child was now all alone in the great forest, and she was so afraid that she just looked at all the leaves on the trees and did not know what to do. Then she began to run. She ran over sharp stones and through thorns, and wild animals jumped at her, but they did her no harm. She ran as far as her feet could carry her, and just as evening was about to fall, she saw a little house and went inside in order to rest. Inside the house, everything was small, but so neat and clean that no one could say otherwise. There was a little table with a white tablecloth and seven little plates, and each plate had a spoon, and there were seven knives and forks and seven mugs as well. Against the wall, there were seven little beds, all standing in a row, covered with snow-white sheets. Because she was so hungry and thirsty, Snow ate a few vegetables and a little bread from each plate, and from each mug she drank a drop of wine. Afterward, she was so tired she lay down on the bed, but none of them felt right. One was too long, the other was too short, and finally the seventh was just right. She remained lying in it, entrusting herself to God, and fell asleep. After dark, the masters of the house returned home. They were seven dwarfs who picked and dug for ore in the mountains. They lit their seven candles, and as soon as it was light in their house, they saw someone had been there, for not everything was in the same order as they had left it. The first one said, Who's been sitting in my chair? The second one said, Who's been eating from my plate? The third one said, Who has been eating my bread? The fourth one said, Who has been eating my vegetables? The fifth one said, who has been sticking with my fork? The sixth one said, Who has been cutting with my knife? The seventh one said, Who has been drinking from my mug? Then one saw there was a little imprint in his bed and said, Who stepped on my bed? The others came running up and shouted, Someone has been laying in mine as well. But the seventh one, looking at his bed, found Snow White lying there asleep. The seven dwarves all came running up and they cried out with amazement. They fetched their seven candles and shone the light on Snow White. Oh, good heaven! Oh, good heaven! they cried. This child is so beautiful. They were so happy. They did not want to wake her up, but let her continue to sleep in the bed. The seventh dwarf had to sleep with his companions. One hour with each one, and then the night was done. The next morning, Snow White woke up. And when she saw the seven dwarves, she was frightened. But they were friendly, and they asked, What is your name? My name is Snow White, she answered. How did you find your way to our house? The dwarves asked further. Then she told them that her stepmother had tried to kill her, that the huntsman had spared her life, and that she had run the entire day, finally coming to their house. The dwarves said, If you will keep house for us, and cook, and make beds, Wash, sew, knit, and keep everything clean and orderly, then you can come and stay with us, and you shall have everything that you want. Yes, said Snow White, with all my heart. So she kept house for them. Every morning they went into the mountains looking for ore and gold, and in the evening when they came back home, their meal had to be ready. During the day, the girl was alone. The good dwarves warned her, saying, be careful about your stepmother. 
She will soon know that you are here. Do not let anyone in. Now, the queen, believing she had eaten Snow White's lungs and liver, could only think that she was again the first and most beautiful woman of all. She stepped before the mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? It answered, You, my queen, are fair, it is true. But Snow White, beyond the mountains, with the seven dwarves, is still a thousand times fairer than you. This startled the queen, for she knew the mirror did not lie, and she realized the huntsman had deceived her, and that Snow White was still alive. Then she thought and thought again how she could kill Snow White, for as long as she was not the most beautiful woman in the entire land, her envy would give her no rest. At last she thought of something. Coloring her face, she disguised herself as an old pebbler woman, so that no one would recognize her. In this disguise, she went to the house of the seven dwarves. Knocking on the door, she called out, Beautiful wares for sale, for sale. Snow White peered out through the window and said, Good day, dear woman. What do you have for sale? Good wares, beautiful wares, she said. Bodice laces in all colors, and she took out one that was braided from colored silk. Would you like this one? I can let the honest woman in, thought Snow White. Then she unbolted the door and bought the pretty bodice lace. Child, said the woman, how you look. Come, let me lace you up properly. The unsuspecting Snow White stood there before her and let her do up the new lace. But the old woman pulled so quickly and so hard, Snow White could not breathe. You used to be the most beautiful one, said the old woman, and hurried away. Not long afterward, in the evening time, the seven dwarves came home. How terrified they were when they saw their dear Snow White lying on the ground, not moving at all, as though she were dead. They lifted her up, and seeing that she was too tightly laced, they cut the lace in two. Then she began to breathe a little, and little by little she came back to life. When the dwarves heard what happened to her, they said, The old pebbler woman was no one else but the godless queen. Take care, and let no one in when we are not with you. When the wicked woman returned home, she went to her mirror and asked, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of them all? The mirror answered once again, You, my queen, are fair, it is true, but Snow White, beyond the mountains, with the seven dwarves, is still a thousand times fairer than you. When she heard that, all her blood ran to her heart, because she knew that Snow White had come back to life. This time, she said, I shall think of something that will destroy you. Then, with the art of witchcraft, which she understood, she made a poison comb, then disguised herself, taking the form of a different old woman. Thus she went across the seven mountains to the seven dwarves, knocked on the door and called out, Good wares for sale, for sale. Snow White looked out and said, Go on your way, I'm not allowed to let anyone in. You may surely take a look, said the old woman, pulling out the poison comb and holding it up. The child liked it so much that she let herself be deceived 
and she opened the door. After they had agreed on the purchase, the woman said, Now let me comb your hair properly. She had barely stuck the comb in Snow White's hair when the poison took effect, and the girl fell unconscious. You specimen of beauty, said the old woman. Now you are finished, and she walked away. Fortunately, it was almost evening, and the seven dwarfs came home. When they saw Snow White lying on the ground as if she were dead, they immediately suspected her stepmother. They examined her and found the poison comb. They had scarcely pulled it out when Snow White came to herself again and told them what had happened. Once again, they warned her to be on her guard and to not open the door for anyone. Back at home, the queen stepped before the mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? The mirror answered, You, my queen, are fair, it is true, but Snow White beyond the mountains, with the seven dwarves, is still a thousand times fairer than you. When the queen heard the mirror saying this, she shook and trembled with anger. Snow White shall die, she shouted, if it costs me my life. Then she went to her most secret room. No one else was allowed inside. She made a poisoned, poisoned apple. From the outside, it was beautiful, white with red cheeks, and anyone who saw it would want it, but anyone who might eat a little piece of it would die. Then, coloring her face, she disguised herself as a peasant woman, and thus went across the seven mountains to the seven dwarves. She knocked on the door. Snow White stuck her head out the window and said, I'm not allowed to let anyone in. The dwarves have forbidden me to do so. That is all right with me, answered the peasant woman. I'll easily get rid of my apples. Here, I'll give you one of them. No, said Snow White. I cannot accept anything. Are you afraid of poison? asked the old woman. Look, I'll cut my apple in two. You eat the red half, and I shall eat the white half. Now, the apple had been so artfully made that only the red half was poison. Snow White longed for the beautiful apple, and when she saw the peasant woman was eating part of it, she could no longer resist, and stuck her hand out and took the poison half. She barely had a bite in her mouth when she fell to the ground dead. The queen looked at her with a gruesome stare, laughed loudly, and said, White as snow, red as blood, and black as ebony wood. This time the dwarves cannot awaken you. Back at home, she asked the mirror, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? It finally answered, You, my queen, are fairest of all. Then her envious heart was at rest, as well as an envious heart can be at rest. When the dwarves came home that evening, they found Snow White lying on the ground. She was not breathing at all. She was dead. They lifted her up and looked for something poisonous. They undid her laces. They combed her hair. They washed her with water and wine, but nothing helped. The dear child was dead, and she remained dead. They laid her on the briar, and all seven sat next to her and mourned for her and cried for three days. They were going to bury her, but she still looked fresh as a living person and still had beautiful red cheeks. They said, we cannot bury her in the black earth, and they had a transparent glass coffin made 
so she could be seen from all sides. They laid her inside, and with golden letters wrote on it her name, and that she was a princess. Then they put the coffin outside on the mountain, and one of them always stayed with it and watched over her. The animals, too, came and mourned for Snow White. First an owl, then a raven, and finally a dove. Snow White lay in the coffin a long, long time, and she did not decay, but she looked like she was asleep, for she was still as white as snow, and as red as blood, and as black as ebony wood. Now it came to pass that a prince entered these woods, and happened unto the dwarf's house, where he sought shelter for a night. He saw the coffin on the mountain with the beautiful snow white in it, and he read what was written with the golden letters. Then he said to the dwarves, Let me have the coffin. I will give you anything you want for it. But the dwarves answered, We will not sell it for all the gold in the world. Then he said, Give it to me, for I cannot live without being able to see Snow White. I will honor her and respect her as my most cherished one. And thus he spoke. The good dwarves felt pity for him and gave him the coffin. The prince had his servants carried away on their shoulders, but as it happened, one of them stumbled on some brush, and this dislodged from Snow White's throat the piece of the poison apple that had been bitten off. Not long afterward, she opened her eyes, lifted the lid from the coffin, sat up, and was alive again. Good heavens, where am I? she cried out. The prince said joyfully, You are with me. He told her what happened and then said, I love you more than anything else in the world. Come with me to my father's castle. You shall be my wife. Snow White loved him, and she went with him. Their wedding was planned with great splendor and majesty. Snow White's godless stepmother was also invited to the feast. After putting on beautiful clothes, she stepped before a mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? The mirror answered, You, my queen, are fair, it is true. But the young queen is a thousand times fairer than you. The wicked woman uttered a curse and became so frightened, so frightened, that she did not know what to do. At first, she did not want to go to the wedding, but she found no peace. She had to go and see the young queen. When she arrived, she recognized Snow White, and terrorized. She could only stand there without moving. Then they put a pair of iron shoes to burning coals. They were brought forth with thongs and placed before her. She was forced to step into the red-hot shoes and dance until she fell down, dead. So the Grim Fairy Tale, number 53, or as it's more commonly known, Snow White, was originally pronounced... Sneewitchen, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. It was a 19th century German fairy tale by Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm, or as they are more commonly known, the Brothers Grimm. First published in 1812 in the first edition of their collection Grimm Fairy Tales and numbered as Tale 53, the final version of the story was published in 1854. The Brothers Grimm also published a story called Snow White and Rose Red, though these are not the same Snow White characters, though. Interestingly, though, 
The tale served as the basis for Once Upon a Time's friendship between Snow White and Red Riding Hood. There were possible real-world events that inspired the story of Snow White. A German historian Eckhard Sander theorized the character of Snow White was based on the life of Margarita von Weldeck, a German countess born to Philip IV in 1533. At the age of 16, Margarita was forced by her stepmother, Catherine of Hatsfield, to move to, away to Brussels. By the way, if I mispronounce any of these names, I deeply apologize. There, she fell in love with the prince who later became Philip II of Spain. Both Margarita's father and stepmother, as well as Philip's father, disapproved of the relationship, deeming it politically inconvenient. Margarita died at the age of 21 after apparently being poisoned. A second inspiration for the tale of Snow White comes from Ovid's Metamorphoses, in that a character named Shion, uh, which means snow in Greek, is described as the most beautiful woman in the land. She is lusted after by the gods Apollo and Hermes. Hermes places a sleeping curse on her and then sexually assaults her. Afterward, Apollo, disguised as an old crone, also sexually assaults her. When she awakes, uh, she boasts about how beautiful she is that the gods would go through such lengths to have her. She must be more beautiful than the goddess Diana. This results in Diana shooting her through the tongue with an arrow. A third possible origin came from Karlheinz Bartels, a scholar from Bavaria. Again, I apologize for my mispronunciation of names who found evidence that Snow White was Maria Sophia Marguerite Katharina, Baroness von und sie Erthel, who was born June 25, 1725. Her father, Philip Christoph von und sie Erthel, was a local representative of Prince Elector of Mans. After the death of Maria Sophia's birth mother, her father married Claudia Elizabeth von Reckenstein. She was a domineering stepmother. She also had in her possession a giant mirror that was referred to as the talking mirror because it always told the truth, which can still be viewed today in the Cesput Museum in Lore Castle where they lived. Uh, the mirror apparently was a gift from Mar Maria Sophia's father to his second wife. Between 1812 and 1854, over 50 different versions of the tale were published by the Brothers Grimm. In some versions, the villain of the story is Snow's biological mother. In other versions, Snow is simply abandoned by her stepmother in the woods rather than having a servant killer. And many later versions omit the queen's attempted cannibalism, because in the original tale, uh, she tells the huntsman to bring her Snow's lung and liver for her to eat. Uh, some believe that this may be a reference to an old Slavic mythology, which includes tales of witches eating human parts. There is an Italian version of the story that has the heroine as the daughter of the innkeeper, not a king. 
Uh, the villain is her biological mother, not stepmother, and she takes refuge with robbers rather than dwarves. A Greek version of the story has the heroine manipulated by her governess into killing her own mother so the governess can marry her father, uh, and she ends up at a ca- in a castle with 40 giants instead of dwarves. So this brings me to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, a film by Walt Disney. It was the first full-length traditional animated feature film and first Disney animated feature film. It premiered at the Carthaway Circle Theater in Los Angeles, California, on December 21st, 1937. It was a critical and commercial success with an international earning of more than $8 million during its initial release, compared to the $1.5 million budget. And when adjusted for inflation, it's one of the top 10 performers at the North American box office and the highest-grossing animated film. Worldwide, inflation-adjusted, its earnings are the top uh, top animated list. It was nominated for Best Musical Score at the Academy Awards in 1938, but lost. However, next year, Disney was awarded with an honorary Oscar for the film. The award itself was unique. It featured one normal-sized Oscar, plus seven miniature Oscar uh, silhouettes around it. Some IMDb trivia. At the recording session, Lucille Laverne, the voice of the Wicked Queen, was told by Walt Disney's animators that they needed an older, raspier version of the Queen's voice for the old witch. Laverne stepped outside the recording booth, returned a few minutes later, and gave the perfect old hag voice that stunned the animators. When asked what she did, she said, Oh, I just took my teeth out. Some animators were opposed to the name Dopey, claiming that it was too modern a word to use in a timeless fairy tale. Walt Disney made the argument that William Shakespeare used the word in one of his plays. This managed to convince everyone, although any reference to the term Dopey is yet to be found in any of Shakespeare's works. Although Shakespeare does use the term foolish in Twelfth Night, as well as Zed, for Z meaning the dumbest of the dumb, these could have been alternate names for Dopey, since they were found in Shakespeare. Halfwit, Dunce, Jester were all similar terms that were commonly used at the time. They could have also been Dopey's name. Walt Disney wanted to keep Snow White's voice a one-time sound and held Adriana Castellini to a very strict contract. Except for a tiny bit part in The Wizard of Oz, she never again had a singing role in a film, though she is a classically trained singer. Disney Studio in Burbank was built with the profits from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Fifty ideas for the dwarves' names and personalities were listed in the film's proposal. The list included all of the names finally included, except Dopey and Doc, Dopey being the last to be developed. Some of the dwarves were Awful, Biggy Wiggy, Bingo Ingo, Blaba, Deffy, Dirty, Gabby, Gatsby, Gloomy, Hoppy Jumpy, Hotsy, Jaunty, Nifty, and Shifty. Sneezy was a last-minute replacement for Deffy. 
Peanuts creator Charles Schultz once wrote that he heard another name considered for a dwarf was Snoopy, and that he was relieved it had not been chosen as he, it probably would have prevented him from giving that name to his famous cartoon Beagle. When the movie was released, it was generally accepted that the correct plural form of dwarf was dwarves, D-W-A-R-F-S. J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, published one year later, and later Lord of the Rings, gradually popularized the uncommon variant dwarves, D-W-A-R-V-E-S. Snow White is the youngest Disney princess at the age of 14. If you pay close attention, you'll spot a hidden Mickey formed by three stones on the wall behind the queen as she strides down to the basement to perform her magical spell. There were several scenes that were planned but never fully animated. One included the queen holding the prince in in her dungeon and using her magic to make the skeletons dance for his amusement. A fantasy sequence accompanying Someday My Prince Will Come in which Snow imagines herself dancing with her prince in the clouds beneath a sea of stars. The dwarves building Snow White a bed, with help from woodland woodland creatures. The song Music in Your Soup, where the dwarves sing about the soup that Snow had just made them. A musical number, You're Never Too Old to Be Young, featuring the dwarves. The film was released on video in 1994, after several years of the studio resisting any notion of the idea. According to former Disney CEO Michael Eisner, the reason why the studio ultimately released Snow White and the Seven Dwarves on video was because the film was about to enter the public domain in Italy and would be prone to being pirated. Ultimately, Disney had their copyright on the movie extended. 25 songs were written for the film, but only 8 were used. The film held the title of the highest-grossing film ever for exactly one year, after which it was knocked out of the top spot by Gone with the Wind. There is a popular theory from Disney fans that the skeleton scene being mocked by the Queen was the Prince. Plus, many Disney fans believe Snow White technically died, and the final scene where Snow White and the prince arrive at the castle was really them reunited in the afterlife, especially how the peach-colored clouds supposedly represent heaven. Snow White, Cinderella, and Aurora can communicate with animals. Also, all three of these classic princesses wore uh, peasant clothes at the beginning of their film. Storyboards for a sequel to this movie were discovered in the Disney Company vault, titled Snow White Returns. Upon examining the lengths of the script and storyboards, it seems like it was meant to be a short film rather than a full-length movie. It was also meant to include revised versions of soup and the bed-building scenes that were excluded from the movie itself. The real reason why the sequel never went further than pre-production is anyone's guess. It is unknown if Walt Disney really wanted this to be made in the first place. The whole storyboard to this unmade short is viewable on the Snow White Blu-ray. According to the audio commentary on the 2009 Diamond Edition Blu-ray slash DVD, Snow White's quote to the dubs, Do you want to know a secret? Promise not to tell? 
would later be used by the Beatles' 1963 song, Do You Want to Know a Secret? In the original outline for the film, the Queen was depicted as wanting to marry the teenage prince herself. Her murderous rage was caused by his rejection of her marriage proposal, and there were scenes revealing that she had killed other princes who crossed her path. These plots were eventually rejected. The movie was to start with scenes involving Snow's mother, but they had to be cut to avoid the wrath of the censors. The throne of the queen has a peacock motif, possibly in reference to her vanity. There is a planned Disney sequel about Snow White's sister, Rose Red. The film places Rose Red in the original Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs story, adding her into the third act of the tale. After Snow White takes a bite of the poison apple, Rose Red teams up with Grumpy and the other dwarves to find a way to break the curse. Snow White does not interact with the prince. This makes her the only Disney princess who does not talk to her love interest. The queen is supposed to be Germanic in origin, but the books of the spells she is reading is written in the Italian language. The running gag of Sleepy being bothered by a fly was originally going to culminate in Sleepy trapping the fly in Snow White's now-empty coffin. And finally... Dopey was initially considered for Fantasia as the apprentice in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. When Snow asks to inspect his hands, his sleeves are too long and cover them. The visual detail was used for Mickey Mouse in Fantasia. Another hint is that when Dopey presents his hands, eight notes are played quickly by the woodwinds. These notes almost are almost identical to a portion of the phrase in the music of The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Variations from the original tale Disney's variation of Snow White gave the dwarves names and included a singing Snow White. In the original tale, they are unnamed. However, there was a 1912 stage play that previously named them Lick, Flick, Lick, Snick, Lick, Wick, and Gee. The Disney film is also the only version in which Snow White and her prince meet before she bites the apple. Instead of her lungs and liver, as, in, as is written in the original, the huntsman is asked by the queen to bring back Snow White's heart. While her heart is mentioned, it is never shown in the box. Snow White is much more mature, being shown as an adolescent in the Disney film, than she is in the original tale, with her only being seven years old at the beginning. Furthermore, in the Disney movie, the evil queen tries to kill Snow White only once by poison apple. In the original tale, she tries to kill her three times. After the dwarves have chased her through the forest, the evil queen then dies by falling down a cliff and being crushed by a boulder. In the original tale, the queen is forced to dance to her death. Well, that was certainly a lot covered today. There's still plenty more to discuss as far as the original grim fairy tale and how it relates to both the Disney classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, as well as Snow White slash Mary Margaret character from Once Upon a Time. 
So I humbly ask that you join us again on another episode of the Once Again Podcast. I have been your host, Jason. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you.